Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, and I am your host, Michael Sherlock. All month long, we are talking about the magic of marketing, you know, that magical, myth mythical pixie desk that we just spread all over our businesses and clients fall in the door and throw money at us. Or perhaps maybe we actually have to be more strategic. And all of my guests this month are helping us to look at the magic of marketing, aka the hard work that needs to be done from a various from various perspectives. And my guest today is going to have some absolutely unique perspectives, especially for those of you who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. Um, I mean, for everybody, but really, she's got some stories that will uh, they'll probably speak directly to you. So Samantha Morris is a successful business owner and a vampire coach, which we're going to talk about more as we go along. She's also known as a brainstorming specialist and nurturer of ideas, and she helps women understand their business so they can create profit, work efficiently, and very important, feel confident about what to do next. So as a vampire coach, she's part of the Vampire community. And that's a wonderful group of like-minded women in all stages of their businesses. And all of them know that there's an importance in understanding not only your business, but the components of it, marketing, finance, the systems, the impact on growth, all these things, when we know them and understand them, they can empower us. And just so you know that she just doesn't uh, have this uh, just willy nilly. She earned her bachelor's degree in business while raising her five children and renovating her home. We don't know if she's lost her mind yet, but she does definitely know the feeling of being overwhelmed and how to turn it to her advantage. So joining me today from down under is Samantha Morris. Thank you for joining me. There's my very bad Australian accent. <laughs> oh, thanks, Michael. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, that that's an interesting spin on the accent, but yeah. Maybe I won't try an American accent. I think I will. Uh, I will absolutely do a terrible job of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I haven't been there for a while, so when I get there, I can I can get the Australian accent back again. Won't take me any time at all. <laughs> oh, and hopefully that will be soon. <laughs> yes, I hope so too. Actually, I was supposed to be there this fall or the fall of 2020, speaking in Melbourne, and then I got pushed, you know, a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And I think actually mm. by February of 2022, they we are committed to the conference. So I will be back there. It just is going to take a little bit longer. Yes, yes, I certainly hope that it, that all happens. Me too. Well, Samantha, we I gave some highlights to your bio, but tell us a little bit about more about you, your business and how you help your clients specifically to shock their potential. Yes. So Michael, I've I actually started coaching some time ago, um, quite by accident, really. I was a business owner myself, and I think this is a this is a little bit of a story for a few business coaches that I know about. Where we've started businesses, we've had a little bit of success, and of course, not everybody is able to do that. So then, other business owners come to you and they say, "What did you do? How did you do it?" 
And so through sharing that information, I was just given the most amazing opportunities to become involved in other organisations, other industries, uh, other other business structures such as not-for-profit, which is a sector I really, really am passionate about as well because they do great, great work. There's non-for-profits. But I found that the business that I was in, and I, and I was in that business with my husband, but it was a male-dominated industry and I was passionate about helping my husband with a business. I wasn't, I'm not actually, I shouldn't say that because we've still got this business, does very well. but. It's not a business that my heart and soul was into. And what I found was my heart and soul really sat with helping other people in their businesses. So uh, I went to a seminar here in Melbourne and I saw a wonderful lady speak and that was Marnie Lefebvre, who is the CEO of Fempire here in Australia. And I was absolutely taken and knew instinctively when I saw her and the way she spoke and the way she motivated this room full of hundreds of women, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to really step up and help women in particular in business. Mm. So and I went on the path of becoming a coach officially. I love it. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I was thinking about you know, the point you made, which I think is really important, is that at one point in time as a business owner, you were very successful, but you didn't necessarily have your heart in it. And I think that a lot of people, men and women, find themselves in those situations, whether it's owning a business or even just in their career. Like, it's very easy to be doing something that you're really good at, but it's not driving your soul. Yet the uh, the guts it takes to make a big shift and move out of that is, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage and it probably is a scary few steps as you make those steps outside of that that comfort zone. So, you know, how did you feel when you started first saying, okay, now I'm going to go in a completely different way and I'm going to begin coaching? Did you have those moments of, oh, oh what am I doing? At least I knew what I was doing before. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because there's a big difference in helping people just because you know, you want to help them and helping people because they are paying for your expertise. There's a lot mm. of pressure that comes with that. There's a lot of pressure to make sure that you deliver. And so it's an interesting dynamic because that that business that we started, that that we've had that 16 years now, we still have that business. And my husband is actually quite burnt out. Mm. And it's interesting in our house that I'm now working independently I've got my own business and I love it and I work all sorts of crazy hours doing all sorts of wonderful things which bring me absolute joy and then my husband is stuck in a business which is very successful it does very nicely for our family but he's not happy mm -hmm. and it's it's very sad to see that and that's why I'm trying to encourage women in particular because, you know, I, I know women because I am one. <laughs> <laughs> that helps, doesn't it? It's really important that people find work that's fulfilling and I think we've really lost that, you know, we, we're all chasing the almighty dollar and we forget about how we feel at the end of the day. Money is great. There's nothing wrong with making money, absolutely not. You can do some great things with it. But 
if the work you're doing to get that money isn't making you happy, isn't making you feel good at the end of the day, then I do question, you know, what are we doing? We spend so much of our lives working. Why be unhappy doing it? Yeah, it's so true. And it's also interesting to me, you know, how you talked about when you're successful and people, you know, they want to be around you and they want to learn from you and they want to ask you things. And I can't tell you how many times in the last year, just just thinking of a snapshot of a year where someone said, can I just pick your brain for a little bit, which means can I have an hour of your time for free to ask you everything I want and, and you know, seep some of your experience and probably much like you. Um, I have a difficult time saying no to that, especially with people I know and care about. And um, and it's and it's great and wonderful. And in the beginning, when you first get those requests, you're like, oh, isn't this nice? It kind of make, feeds your ego a little bit. And then you kind of craft your message and you understand your own business a little bit better. Um, but after a while, um, there's too many requests. So you're like, okay, I don't want to say no, but what do I do? And it's very interesting because just in the last couple months, I've begun to package a couple of things kind of in a course that so from now on, when people say, can I pick your brain on this? I can say, I would love to. However, my schedule is absolutely booked and I get a lot of questions like this, but here's a course, <laughs> you know, 99 bucks, whatever it is, you know, what it, it doesn't matter what the dollar figure is on it, you know, $999, whatever. But the point is, is, you know, that point where I finally said, um, I need to find a way to still provide this to people, but it wasn't my chosen path for my business. It wasn't what I intended to do. But if so many people are asking me, I want to serve that. And I also would like to benefit from it. But I, uh, as I've been piloting things, I suffer from the same thing that you just said. And that is, it's a lot different to deliver something as paid content to somebody who's paying you for it than it is to give them an hour of your time. Um, because you're like, okay, is this value? Is there enough there? And, you know, and I know there is, but I also know it's not as as much as energy as being live. And I mean, there's just lots of different dynamics there that have an emotional toll on you along the way. Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I, I was, I learned along the way, a very important thing about giving away your expertise for free, which which I absolutely do. I don't have a problem with that. But you're right. There is a point where you have to start saying no to the free advice. Mm-hmm. And that is because when advice is, is free, and up to a certain extent there's no problem with that, but there does come a point where you've got to sort of sort out the people that will take action and, and really do something with the information mm-hmm. and those that don't. And those that will take action as soon as there is money involved, their Mm -hmm. perspective of what you're trying to share with them changes as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when people have to put their hands in their pockets, it makes them sort of sit up and pay attention and and be a little bit more proactive in the learning as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just found that, you know, with me, I just don't have enough hours in the day. And Mm. I probably now, I am not kidding you, I probably get 10 to 15 meeting requests a week with people who said, hey, I know you know so-and-so. They told me what you're doing. I'd love to pick your brain. And I'm, I just don't, I don't have the bandwidth for it. I mean, I just, 
even if I wanted to still give it all away for free, I can't do it. Even if I wanted to charge them by the hour, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> There's just mm -hmm. not enough of me to go around. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it took that point where I was a little too overwhelmed to finally say, okay, let's do this differently. So when you're working with your clients and they are facing similar kinds of things, or they're, they're reaching maybe bandwidth issues, or they're, you know, what do I do next? Or where do I take the next step of my business? You know, what are some of the, what are some of the things that they're saying to you that make you know, okay, I know I can help them? Yeah, look, with, with your capacity and the amount of people that you can work with, this is where, unfortunately, you do have to look at the financial side of things, because if you have so many people that you're working with, the first thing you want to look at is your pricing because, like I said before, money will sort out the people that are deadly serious about doing the work and working with you in whatever whatever type of work you do and those that aren't truly, truly serious. And, look, I know that that then tends to exclude people that don't quite have the finances yet. but. Mm -hmm. I could tell you some phenomenal stories about people that are struggling financially to, and they really want to start a business. And it's amazing how they seem to find the money to pay for programs or to invest in what they need to invest in for their business. Mm -hmm. They've got that passion and they just go out and they work really hard and they find the money. And sometimes that means you know, going to friends and family and, and asking to borrow money. Sometimes that means working extra hours to create more yep. income. But it's all about how you, you package everything up and, and this is where the marketing comes into it. It's yep. how you package it up. A really, really important thing that I like to see business owners do also is to just sit down and map out their time and say, okay, what, what is your capacity? What... And how much income is that going to bring you without burning you out? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's a great point. And I know we're going to dive into it a little bit deeper um, after we come back from our break, because that is, I guess, where the rubber meets the road. So I can't wait to learn mm -hmm. more. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Solopreneurs and small businesses often struggle to create effective digital marketing programs. It's hard to know where to start, what to prioritize, how to sift through confusing information and solutions that seem too good to be true. Agencies and full-time marketing employees are also expensive. And Marketing You is a modern marketing course with all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your business without that extra set of hands or high overhead costs. At And Marketing You, you will learn exactly what you need to do to execute a concrete marketing strategy by dedicating just two to four hours per week. And Marketing You will help you to execute strategy, messaging, content marketing, SEO, social media, paid digital advertising, and more. You'll have access to on-demand resources, live courses, group coaching sessions, community forums, and networking, plus the exact templates and tools you need for success. I took this course myself, and one of the greatest benefits we gained was learning to develop a competitive strategy that aligned our social media playbook and website to generate highly qualified leads. 
for all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your small business at a fraction of the cost of hiring a traditional agency or additional employee, go to www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. Again, that's www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. And use the code SHOCK to receive 10% off of any program. And we are back again with Samantha Morris, which I think that was just an excellent transition right into our our theme. And I've had so much fun with this theme for the month because I call it the magic of marketing because we all do wish there was some sort of magical marketing pixie dust that we could just spread over our business and boom, people will be, you know, pounding down our doors and throwing money at us. But you and I both know that it takes work. And marketing takes some real dedicated focus. So I've asked all my experts this month to share some tips on how to really make marketing work more effectively for you and your business. What what are your thoughts and, and uh, tips for my listeners and viewers? Oh, look, tip number one, which, which I've already mentioned, is planning. Um, marketing has to be strategic and it has to be planned because, you know, every, I think everyone's heard the old saying that if you don't plan, you're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that something sticks. That's that's mm-hmm. a very, very well-known saying. But it is very, very true. In your marketing, you have to understand certain elements and they all have to work together. And the first one of those elements is having a true understanding of who your target market is. And that target market looks like a certain person mm-hmm. with a certain set of problems and they're looking for a specific solution. They might not know what the solution is, but they are looking for a solution. So having that understanding and putting that understanding into a plan of how to communicate, of demonstrating in your marketing that you understand them, you understand their problems and you can communicate effectively the solution to that problem. And that all comes in your marketing plan. Yes, I agree. Yes, you need to know who they are and you need to talk to them in a language that makes them want to listen. Absolutely, absolutely. I think everybody is very, very caught up in learning social media and this is this is something that I see quite a bit of. Uh, you know, business owners, they jump on all platforms known to man. They're everywhere and they're doing a whole heap of hustle. And, I, you know, the first question I sit down and I say is, okay, so who is your target market? And they will tell me, you know, a specific demographic or an age group or, you know, whoever they're trying to appeal to. And I'm like, okay, so, <laughs> you know, 60-year-old men, if that is your target market, then why are you now on TikTok? <laughs> I was just going to say, you shouldn't be on TikTok. <laughs> what are you doing on TikTok? <laughs> People tend to expel a lot of energy on things that just aren't necessary for their business. You don't have yeah. to be everywhere. So, you know, and again, that comes down to your plan and it's part of your plan to work out, okay, let's focus your energy, focus your messaging in a particular place to talk to a particular person. Yeah, absolutely. And wherever you are on those platforms, you also have to speak to them in a different way. Because even if they're the same demographic, they interact on those platforms differently based on their personas. They most certainly do. So you've got to have an understanding of how each platform works and and 
and the language you need to use and, you know, the use of hashtags, the use of emojis, you know, in some platforms those things are, are not looked on as being professional. For example, you know, LinkedIn, you don't necessarily want to use emojis and hashtags on LinkedIn because it is a very professional platform. But, um, you know, on Facebook, emojis will get a lot more engagement in your right. when you're writing your caption. And, of course, hashtags on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well search. So they all have different needs. And this is why, I, you know, I say to business owners, stop. Just stop and think about what you're doing. Get really good on one or two of those platforms where your target market are. Yep. I agree. And I think when you when you take people through I, it, actually, as you're talking, I was thinking back to when I started this company and it was just me at that point in time. I didn't have anyone else on my team. And I, I was like, I need to be on all these platforms. I was doing just exactly what you tell people not to do because, you know, I might as well make every mistake. And I remember saying I was sending out my first tweet and my mom, my son's like, mom, nobody uses Twitter anymore. And I, I'm like, I don't know, I'm going to use it. And actually I found that you know, the way we use Twitter now today for my business and the way I use it, it actually does work, um, but it's very different. And each one is different. But at the same, what I would do is I would put the same content out on every platform. So everything mm-hmm. I was putting on LinkedIn, I was putting on Instagram, I was putting on Twitter, I was putting on Facebook. And then after a while, and I didn't do it for too long, but probably about six months, I mean, long enough. Pretty soon I'm like, well, I'm not gaining any more Instagram followers. Maybe I should look at this differently. You know, and my LinkedIn was doing great. So what I had there was exceptionally well targeted for LinkedIn. Um, I've got almost 18,000 connections on LinkedIn. And so it was working very, very well there, but it wasn't working anywhere else. And so now over, especially the last, so my, my business has been in business for six years or so. And just even in the last six months, my team has revamped our strategy yet again. And so what we're doing is getting tighter and tighter and we're measuring, you know, we're measuring what time Mm. of day we post on Instagram versus what time we post on LinkedIn versus what the message is on Twitter. And the data is really telling a story. And I could have never done that before, but I didn't think about it. I just thought to the point you brought up, I needed to be everywhere because I had a new business. (laughs) It didn't really work out all that well. Yes, yeah, new businesses, we all get excited about them, don't we? And, and we're like, oh, we've got to do this and we've got to do that and, and be everywhere and be all things to all people. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we really don't. Because if we do, we just wear ourselves out anyway and we and we dilute the message. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you realised that the data was telling you a story about what was going on on each of those platforms because that is another thing that people forget to do. They forget to look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are some brilliant analytics that you can dive into across the board to look at your marketing and to see what's effective. Even down to, I am always fascinated to have a look at the analytics and see which posts perform well on on each different platform and try and understand what was it about that post? What was it about that story that I told or the information that I shared that captured people, you know, and read through the comments and and see what people are picking up out of your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If it's working, you always want to do more of that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The the evaluation is to find out either what's not working or what is working and figure out how to keep that going with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think that for especially solopreneurs or, you know, maybe somebody that just has maybe one or two other people on their team, um, the 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 idea of diving into their their data or diving into their marketing more substantially is really overwhelming because a lot of people got into their own business because they had an idea, they had something that was going to work, but they weren't a marketer. And maybe they're not a good CFO for themselves, or I, I might know that one personally. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I hate it anyway. But, you know, those, when you have somebody who's maybe not skilled at it, but they're all, and they're intimidated in it, but they can't go hire somebody, how do you help them, you know, get past some of those fears and take the steps to actually market their business or service? Uh, look, I actually love numbers and what I'm trying to share with the clients that I work with is that numbers are really storytellers and when you stop looking at them as, you know, these cold hard facts on a piece of paper and start to dive into understanding what the numbers are saying and, you know, look, I'll get I'll get onto a computer with somebody else and say, okay, bring up your analytics, you know, and it's deer in headlights. It's like, oh, really? I have to look at the numbers, you know, because many of my clients, you know, there's many are creatives and so analytical data is not in their wheelhouse at all. But mm -hmm. when you can look at those numbers and use your creative eyes to say, okay, let's follow that story along and let's see what they're saying. So, for example, if you start with Google Analytics, you know, there is a wealth of information in there about your website. So just getting in there and having a bit of a play, let's have a look at a couple of the tabs. And people are often too scared to dive in. So let's throw them in the pool because they can swim and, uh, you know, start having a look. Okay, so let's understand your audience. Let's go down and have a look at who are they? You know, what age group are they? Because this is the information you can find out. You might think you know your audience, but when you start looking at, you know, what age bracket are they really, you know, that, that are visiting your website or that are following you on your socials? What gender are they? You know, because some, demo, you know, some businesses are targeting a particular gender. Um, what country are they coming from? Understanding Absolutely. all of that means that you can work out, you know, if you can be doing a lot of work on social media, you can have huge followings, social media in particular, and that does not necessarily translate into revenue for your business. Because you might Absolutely. be doing fabulous marketing that appeals to people who actually don't want your product or service, <laughs> but they really just love your socials. They love the stories or, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. It reminds me of my favorite uh, insurance company that I can never remember who the insurance company is, <laughs> but I love their commercials. And there's one that right now is playing that my husband and I will literally stop as we're fast forwarding through commercials, rewind to watch that one twice in a row because we love it so much. But if you ask me right now, I think I know who the insurance company is, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. <laughs> but they're really great ads. <laughs> yes. So, exactly. uh, so you've got to understand that too, you know, those 10,000 followers, none of them might ever buy from you. And so right. essentially, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not valuable for your business at all. 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that's important. I actually was taking notes. I'm like, oh, we haven't actually looked at our data from Google Analytics for a while. It's probably a good point. But I'll tell you one thing that's really interesting about the back end of my website um, is that uh, I see how um, our different, for instance, podcast episodes perform against each other. Mm. And that data has become really, really interesting. And it's actually been telling me about our changing um, customer base. Because when I started this company and I was more um, B2B because I was speaking and training, um, I had following that was yes in the B2B market, but more like the, you know, the mid, um, mid-career salesperson and sales manager. And they wanted to buy my books and they wanted to get me into their companies to, to speak and train. Well, now the data is showing me that we have a changing dynamic with how many more entrepreneurs and solopreneurs are following us. Mm-hmm. And it, the data is just being proven out just by even that back end on the podcast. And it's really interesting because now as we're tailoring some offerings for those entrepreneurs, all of a sudden the income's rising. And so I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, just that shift, watching those numbers should tell you which way to turn if you're willing to watch them. It's really powerful stuff. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I love the stories that these numbers tell us. It's um, it's fascinating insight into your business and how yeah. people are perceiving you because it, it can be very, very surprising sometimes. Like I say, you know, you ask a business owner who their target market is and they have some, you know, they have a demographic in mind, but in reality, they might, that might not be your ideal demographic. Right. And or to your, your point, marketing might not be appealing to them. It might be appealing to someone totally different. Yeah. Or to your point, or it may be very appealing to somebody who's not going to buy your stuff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Samantha. Hey, I know we're going to have all of your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody's like, I really need to learn more about this vampire coach thing. And I think Samantha's the one to teach it to me. What's the best way for them to reach you? Oh, uh, look, <laughs> I am on a few social media channels. But I have grown over time, so (laughs) I'm not everywhere. But, uh, look, the best thing to do would probably be to go to my website because that's the hub of everything and, of course, all my social channels, you know, the links are on my website there. So that would be the best place to start. All right, spell it out. What's your website? Just in case I want to type it right now. It is a long one, so get ready. Coach dot com dot au all right we can do that but that's easy people <laughs> can take that come on <laughs> exactly well samantha before we go do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers oh look there's one thing we didn't talk about today that i would really really like people to do in their marketing and that is to be themselves uh Don't try and copy somebody else. You know, there there are a lot of successful people out there in every industry, but be true to yourself. Don't try and imitate. Just be you. I love it. Be authentic. You are enough as you are. Most definitely. (laughs) Samantha, it has been fabulous having you on today. Thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Michael. I've loved talking with you today. I know, and we're going to keep in touch without a doubt. (laughs) Most definitely. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. 
Tell me more. How to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.